Hello and welcome back to the Not So Fit Couple podcast with your hosts Lucy Davis and Benjamin Holden. So today's episode is the best one. <laughs> They're always the best one. No, but this is, to be fair, probably one of the most common questions yeah. and topics that we get asked, which is why we're doing a podcast on it. I think about. I think at the moment because we on socials are doing a lot of it, people are very curious about the topic of balancing weightlifting or building muscle and running and also a lot of the myths that are often associated with it which we want to break down today and also go into detail of how you can do both whether you're someone who doesn't run at all at the moment by the way i was that was probably me about a year to a year and a half ago about a year and a half ago that was 100 yeah and then up into um runners who do a lot of regular running just want to do a bit more weightlifting this is probably applicable to a variety of people I think it's one of those things as well, though. It doesn't matter Sorry, what extent. Just Ugh. for those who are on, watching the YouTube channel, the... Uh, oh, my good. I need a little siren. I think I'll hear the well, bell. It doesn't have ding, your... Ding, 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 ding. Um, it's not glowing today. Oh, God. I can't take oh, it there. It's not glowing. So we... I'm just taking... Ben, ben has an app on his phone, yeah. which lights up his fire extinguisher monster can thing. So... Here's the that, app. To be fair, that, cool is, app, that, that is pretty phenomenal. So I've got this little button at the top if you're watching on YouTube. Yeah, if you're not press, watching Press the YouTube. button, ready? Oh, no, it's not oh, working. No. Oh, there we go. Yeah. There he is. To be fair, that is really... Look at that. That's actually hilarious, though. So did you buy that machine thing, whatever that's called, the fire extinguisher, Monster Can, from Monster? And that's the Monster app? I'm sponsored by Monster now. No, seriously. I bought it from Etsy. Some guy from... But, but how did making them in the basement, the basically. How are they? I linked? don't know. They, I don't know. He's obviously. That's I think he's got a bit of a business. Awesome. He's got a business page. I'll try and find if anyone wants to buy one. I don't think they will. But everybody wants put, one of these. Put the offer out there. How is it scratched already? By the way, it's probably me. It probably was you. <laughs> but no, what I was saying. I don't think it matters what level of runner you are or you want to be, because there's so much information. Whether you want to run a total of five k a week or you want to run a total of a hundred miles a week, obviously it will differ in terms of your training. Yeah. But we just want to explain to people about the whole concept of running and weightlifting together because I think a lot of people think you definitely can't do both, or there's going to be some sort of like you know you're going to lose your muscle. Cardio kills your gains, Cardio bro. Cardio kills your gains. Something's going to happen to you if you instantly start doing both, and I feel like it is quite a heavy myth. Is it a myth? Yeah, it's definitely there's a myth. A, I think it's There's myth. a lot of those memes that come with it. Myth. There's a lot of like those That's bro things that come in there of like cardio is going to kill your gains. And I can't think of anything I'd rather do than cardio. Cardio is just more reps. Those kind of mm-hmm. things that I get associated with, with running and lifting. I was one of those people who, who believed this this kind of shit as well a long time ago. A long time ago, a year and a half ago. No, even, no even longer than that. I go like I know from doing cardio, it's not going to burn like, the tissue, but... There's a lot of things that when you're first come into fitness, people try people like to try and pigeonhole you into different things. Yeah. You're either a bodybuilder or a lifter or a crossfitter or a runner, or wherever it may be. And there's there's very little, I don't know, opportunity to do a mixture of things and be a bit more hybrid of stuff because people do like to just focus on one thing. And I think you can get a lot more joy from doing multiple different forms of exercise. But do you know what's really interesting? As I have become more of an experienced runner, because I would call, I would 100% class myself as a runner as well. I class you as a runner. I don't think you're an experienced runner. I would say I'm more experienced. I'm, I'm comparing my, my experience to my experience a year and a half ago. 
that's interesting. What 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 is classified as an experienced runner? I understand how to work on pace. I can run off heart rate. I think understanding something is different to experience. Yeah. Because is experience classed on volume, how long you've been doing it for, how much of it you've been doing? Mm. My point was, though, that I used to look at running as a form of cardio, but now I look at it as a means of performance. Mm -hmm. I don't see running. I don't go on a run and think, this is cardio, even though it technically is classed as cardio. It is 100% for your heart, cardiovascular, but I at the moment see running more of like a performance tool than yeah. a a means of doing cardio, which obviously a lot of people at the moment would see running. <laughs> that was funny. A lot of people see running as a form of cardio. And I always think it has like a negative association when people do that. But I see it as a more of a performance driver now. But again, that that can be personal depending on what you're actually doing. Yeah, I think we spoke about this last week. Running is a terrible means of 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 weight loss or fat loss, fat loss, because, fat, 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 fat loss. because it's very high fatigue and it's, it's hard to recover from. And if your goal is fat loss, you want to be doing a form of exercise where calories is easily burnt, but also you're quite easy to recover from as well. Speaking of calories. Oh yeah. I thought, I thought this wasn't going to die. Nearly empty. That <laughs> we, is so embarrassing. We were, we were, we were um, sent these by Coro who um are one of the sponsors of today's episode <laughs> and we were supposed to actually we were supposed to i don't know if you can see these if you're on youtube these these are chocolate fudge cookie clusters we were supposed to have these on the podcast to experiment with i think there's five clusters left that bag so sometimes when you get a bag this was a kilo bag by the way sometimes it's like half full and it's like when you get a pack of crisps and you can barely see your crisps that was so full to the it's brim. It's like if you ever picked up a bag from a dealer in Liverpool, it was always half empty. That's what this is like. <laughs> Look at that. At least that goes to show though. But that they're delicious. Cool. No joke. They're we had Steffi, I Naughty Foodie Fitness, and her boyfriend Grant, who are two legends, by the way, around the weekend. We had to hide these because everyone was just demolishing yeah, them. Yeah, Steph, Steph went, you're going to you're gonna have to move. Like, yeah. Seriously, Lucy, you're going to have to move them. Like, they're incredible, the aren't they? Do you want one? Yeah, I do want one. There's a little mm. taste. They actually are nearly empty. We need to preserve... Mm. That what is left of the the clusters, which is literally nothingness. Good call one as well. They're so I don't know how. They are good though. Incredible. I'm just gonna eat off off mic. I'll eat on mic, mate. Really That's my phobia. What? Listening to people eat, and it's exemplified through through a microphone with headphones. They are incredibly good though. Mm. Move it out of the way. The, we um we got a few bits from them as well. They are. Honestly, one of the nicest things that I've ever think I've tasted. The kombucha. What, what would you give them out of, out of seven? Who we score a score out of seven? Do you know what? I'm pushing on a 6.5 there, which I've never really, I've never really given out a 6.5 before. Except chocolate orange is a seven for me. I said that to Steph. I said, I don't. I, there's not many things that I'd give a seven to because I think it then, then brings down the your score. Scale. Because I don't think, any, how can anything ever be a seven? I'd have to eat something and drop dead for it to be a seven. Chocolate oranges. Oh, banoffee pie. It's a seven yeah. for me. But yeah, we also got um, kombucha. Yeah. Which again is nearly gone. That one's really good though. So I one of the things. One. A 750 mil. It was like a lemonish one, I think. It was beautiful. One of the things that's really hard sometimes with kombucha is it's too fizzy. Like so fizzy, you can't really drink it. And I'm not a massive fan of too much fizz, am I? It goes like yeah. in my nostrils and I can't breathe. That one was actually really That's nice. That's better to drink it instead of sniffing it. <laughs> but that actually wasn't horribly fizzy. I, I enjoyed my glass of kombucha the other day. Yeah. 
but you've definitely finished that off before I've even had a chance to have them all. Yeah, so if you want to check that out, we'll leave the link in the description of all the podcast notes. It's called Coro, Coro UK on Instagram. Coro. Um, not so fit five will get you some lovely dizzy on some beautiful chocolate bits, confectionaries, different Kombucha, types of foods. Nuts. They all come in these real big packaging, Bags. like beautiful <laughs> packaging, yeah. which is I think is quite friendly. And the way that they're all presented is cool. I think they're really, yeah. really, really, really you, cool brand. You can get absolutely shit tons, can't you? We ordered something else. I don't know what they were. They were like these cracker things. And I, I had ordered these and I shit you not. I think I accidentally ordered like three kilos. This bag is massive. It doesn't fit any of my cupboards. It's just it's just downstairs, like on the side because I don't know what to do with it. I need to eat some more. They even. smell great though. They smell freaking fantastic. Talking of smell, I've got something else for you to smell here. I was sent this as well. Are you about to pull something behind from your laptop? Yeah, I've got something here. What are you looking at? I'm just reading it. Oh. Do you want to smell it? What do you mean, smell it? I've got something for you to smell. Right, rate this out of seven as well. Am I eating this? No, bloody hell. Oh, no. Smelling no. it? Oh, no. I know what it is. What is it? Salts. That's no, not. Oh. Oh, shit. Has anyone ever tried that? What are they, What's that called? Sniffing salt. Oh, that is oh, the worst thing laptop. ever. Oh. Is it sniffing salts? No, because I'll pass out. No, ready. Ready? That's sniffing salts. Just, right, I just want you to get near it and smell it. Right, Lucy's gonna I'll have smell... to hold it though. No, I'll hold it. Lucy's going to smell sniffing salts. And I want you to score it out of seven for strength. Get a good whiff it. Don't be a little pansy about it. <laughs> what do you think of that? It smells like snot. Snot. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> If anyone, oh, oh god, <laughs> <laughs> big fat whiff for that one. Oh, oh my god. If anyone is listening, you don't know what sniffing salts are. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a product that people have before, million, yeah. like weightlifting or powerlifting. You they sniff. sniff that they, I did. I got well. well you in. get another whiff. No, I can't. I throw up. And the smell is—you can't even describe it. It's so overpowering. It feels like oh. it feels like you've 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 inhaled like fire in your nostrils, and it tastes like have, snot. Have you ever ever had a line of MK? Who? No, me neither. Uh, moving on. Who? We um, are also going to be talking to you and giving you the link for the because we're talking about running today. Mm. We are going to be talking about the MCS Ten event. We'll tell you a bit more about that at, the, that at the end because yeah. we're going to be re- well. The actual the information is now released on it. So the MCS Ten event is going to be our charity run that we do each year. This time it's going to be in the summer. Uh, we're looking to do it in June time. There will be a link in the description uh, where you can sign up to the waiting list for more information of that. We basically do a 10k run. Hopefully we have a bit of a barbecue, some good times, a beer afterwards. Yeah, last year we did it in October and it was a little bit colder. So we decided this year that we were going to do it in summer. It's going to be some great vibes, music, 10Ks, your first 10K, your 100th 10K going for a PB, whatever you want to do, walk it, it's completely up to you. And it's just going to be an all-round cool, cool, cool fucking day. Like it was so exciting last time, I can't even explain it to you. So we will be giving you more information about that. And there'll be a link in the description with everything that you need to know. Another big thing around that is talking about why we got into running. And a lot of people who attend the event are people who have never ran before, by the way. We get quite an array of people who came to the last event are people who have never ran before and also some experienced runners, which is great because the main thing for mine and Lucy's goal at the moment, and we get a lot of our members on the Micro School app who are doing their first runs, they go for a run at the weekend, they aren't competitive runners. It's just getting out, getting amongst it, getting outside the, the... 
the box and doing something a little bit more challenging than, than lifting. And the one question I want to ask you today oh no. is why did you get into running? So I used to run quite a lot at high school alongside swimming. I was there. I could run because I was such a good swimmer. Nothing to do with my technique with running. My aerobic capacity was so good. And then when I started getting into lifting, I completely stopped running. And my cardio kind of fitness was really shy for, I'd probably say like three or four years. And the reason that, well, we know why we start to get back into running, but I don't know if we can share that. <laughs> You're thinking of the same thing that I'm thinking of. Why we got back into running? We were doing it because we were nearly selected for something. Oh uh, yeah, we can't really talk about that. Can't really talk about that, but me and Ben basically had to start practicing running for a specific reason. Yeah. And it was only short runs that we were doing. And it was like 1.5, two miles yeah. and sprinting. And then we kind of realized we actually, we quite like it. And... I did my first like 10K and I got back from that running. I remember like, you getting back from that and we'd only done 5Ks before and I was like, oh my I know, God. I know, I've just done a marathon. It I was, was like, how, how'd you feel? Yeah. You've got, are you okay? Do you need to lie <laughs> yeah. down? Yeah, insane. And my first 10K I think was like 50 minutes, which was actually really, really great. And I then realized how amazing the running was making me feel in terms of my overall fitness. My gym sessions were improving because of the running. Yeah. I wasn't really getting that sore. I felt like my cardiovascular, my aerobic capacity was getting way better. And then obviously I've taken it to quite the extreme and I've signed up for an ultra. So well, I'm doing that now. Explain to people what an ultra is as well though. So an ultra is anything over 50K. And I have decided instead of doing 50K, which I've never even run a marathon before, I will be doing 100K in July for breast cancer. And... It's a long way. It's a lot of running. I'm a complete novice ultra runner because I've never done it. I'm not a novice runner, but but in terms of the distance that I'm about mm. to do, not like completely new to me, everything. Yeah. And it's it's quite <laughs> it's quite terrifying. It's very exciting. Like I'm so excited, but it's also it is terrifying because yeah. it's. Oh. I think it's good to do some stuff like that. Though is it's the challenge of I mean, especially yeah, when you've been sure. doing something for a while. I think. That Love whenever you have challenge. something in front of you, which is a bit of a goal, you will keep moving forward with stuff. Yeah. Um, so I think it's great. It's a great challenge that I've set myself. Like I'm I'm very physically fit as a human being. I would say I'm in I'm up there. You know. That's just you're not allowed to blow smoke up your own arse. You sometimes know, that's... you are. Okay. I think sometimes if I'm gonna vouch for anything for myself, I feel like I'm quite physically fit as a human being. I think you're more than valid in saying that. Yeah. And I just wanted to test that. I've never, I've never been at that level where I'm going to be so far in the pain cave, as Corny Dullwater would say. Like, where am I? Am I going to be on the floor in the pain cave? I'm going to be digging it with a spoon. Like, what am I going to feel? I don't know. I've never been there. Yeah. Am I going to hallucinate? Probably. I can't even imagine the things that you would hallucinate about. You know, it's am I going to shit myself? You Absolutely. Some of the things you just say on a day-to-day basis. I'm like, I don't understand the realms in which your mind wanders to. So when you go into those hallucinogenic phases, I just feel like the chipmunks are going to be, like, yeah, gonna be a, there's going to be a brass be like band of chipmunks flapping. on the side of the road. You'll probably see, uh, what's that film called? Enca- Encanto. Encanto. Oh, I'm going to be singing There'll away. be them, the whole, the whole brigade will yeah. be next to you singing along. That'll be me. Yeah, 100%. And it's, I, I don't really, a lot of the time people are like, what shoes do you wear? Like this, I'm like, I don't know. I need to speak to the ultra runners. Yeah. 
I've lost two toenails recently. Help me out. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's it's exciting because it's so new and it's interesting and it's hard and it's a challenge. And I'm I'm actually really, really enjoying the if you, challenge. If you lose any more toenails, I'm going to be like that guy off Shallow Hall. You know, when he, he meets that perfect woman <laughs> and he looks at her toes and he's like, oh. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah, I've lost a few toenails recently and it's not a one. So I got into running. I was going to ask you the same question. I, I was one of those people. I fucking hated running, by the way. Couldn't think of anything worse. You were, you were very serious when you used to run. Do you mean? You were very just like, <laughs> headphones in. <laughs> so you, that's how you, that's how I, that's how you used to run. Do you not? No. Was, I must have just picked up on that. Yeah, thank you. Very serious. I, but I probably because I hated it. Yeah, I, no, I, you I did, didn't enjoy I it. I did a lot of running when I was younger because I played footy and did sports and stuff. Then got massively into bodybuilding. I was like, what's the point in running? Mm. Like, what is the point in running? It doesn't serve a purpose for me. And then when I did it or had to do it again, I was just like, I fucking hate doing it. Hated going out, hated the bit before it, hated it during, hated it after, hated everything about it. But I really remember why you, three three years ago, two, th- two and a half, three years ago, would run. I think you can remember, surely. You used to go on these runs... Oh, to, to burn calories. To burn calories. Yeah, that was when I was, bo- I was when I was balls deep in there. I think that's important NES to explain. Phase, yeah, when I when I had NES and I really had meeting disorder, that's probably what caused an even greater hate for running for me was when I had the disorder and I just again, like I've explained before, used it like a hamster on a hamster wheel just to mm. churn and burn calories and really altered my relationship with food and with exercise. And running was one of the main. I used to some days I would have a binge episode at night and i'd do a weight session the next morning i'd throw on a, a, a weight pack or a rug pack or a weighted vest and i'd just go and run to expend calories yeah and that was the only reason around which again was probably why i disliked running so much and that's why it's really easy to that's why i also say to people don't use runners i mean the means of cardio or i mean the fat loss because there's much more to running than that there's a lot more that you can get out from both a phys- physiological and a physical point of view mm. and big wins that you can get from it from it it's one of the body's natural ways of moving from a to b and i think it's a it's a great thing that anyone can get into and there's massive highs that you and wins you can get from running yeah. and i just think bringing it down to its most simplistic form of expending calories is just taking people down a dark hole that there's not a good ending to I also think as well on the whole point of running and weight loss, it's running is obviously quite high impact on all of your joints, your ankles, your hip and your knees, you're, you're hitting the floor and there's probably better ways if your goal is fat loss to, and choose different forms of cardio. If you If you have a goal of weight loss and you really enjoy running, 100%. But it's probably just not the most optimum way for someone to lose no. weight. I mean, you, as a as a natural byproduct, if you like left your calories the same and you started running, <coughs> God, that fucking stuff still hit me, you know? Yeah, it's horrible. Um, then you will lose weight. But okay, let's use someone as an example. Let's use Ryan Terry. Yeah. Ryan Terry wants to lose body fat, no muscle for the Olympic contest. He, you will never see Ryan doing runs or 10K runs or 5K runs because the thing that he, he's also trying to balance is stimulus versus fatigue, fatigue, fatigue ability. So what he's looking at, he's looking at, okay, what is the best way for me to burn calories in order to lose fat that I can still recover from? 
for tomorrow and not be sore. Mm-hmm. So then I can still get in. I can still have high energy. I can still get in and do a weight session because progressive overload and, and stimulus to the muscle tissue is going to help me maintain as much muscle as possible while I'm, while I'm trying to lose fat. You will never see that type of person run. Mm-hmm. And th- that is also the other thing is that you're not going to be able to be the next Mr. Olympia and win the next London Marathon. Yeah. Those two things just don't go hand in hand. But how many people here listening today think they're going to be Kipchoge and win the next marathon? If you don't know who Kipchoge no. is, he ran. <laughs> so fast. He ran a marathon at a two. Is it two fifty two? I think two fifty two or two fifty three. Two fifty two. Sure, Carlton. Kilometer, which is absolutely insane. Like that's two two minutes and fifty seconds. Is I can't. I don't think I could ever in my physical capacity even sprint at that pace for that long. Maybe a hundred meters. It's it's incredibly fast. And it's incredibly impressive. Yeah, so Kipchoge has the world record marathon run of two hours, one minute to run 26 miles, which is 42 kilometers. Yeah, two minute, 53 second pace. Yeah. Two fifty three. Forty two kilometers. That's ridiculous. Can't comprehend. I'm it. doing a YouTube video next week trying to get bodybuilders to see how many we can yeah. get to run that pace and how long they can run it for. It's it's frightening, but that's what I mean. You're never gonna be able to do both. But again, how many people here wanna wanna be the next marathon runner and set world records? Mm. How many people wanna stand on stage as being next Miss Olympia? Mm. Not many. And that's what I mean. You don't have to pigeonhole yourself into either because you can get the highs of doing both together. And when you get yeah. the highs from lifting and running, it's a beautiful thing. And I really enjoy doing both. And I think if you can peel back potentially that box that you've put yourself in and also pull back some of those myths that are associated with both lifting and running, you can do both and really enjoy doing both as well. Like you don't have to just pigeonhole yourself into into one or the other. And that's what we want to speak about today as well. I also think as well with the weight training in general, being stronger, more stable, coordinated, a bit more athletic, you're not going to break down as much muscle tissue when you are running. Your joints are going to be stronger. The yeah. muscles surrounding the knees, the hips, the ankles are going to be stronger in general. And overall, you'll be less prone to injury because you are stronger, because you are weightlifting. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing as well is it depends where you're up to in lifting, whether you're a beginner or advanced. Mm. So if you're a, a beginner lifter, you can quite easily run a lot and continue to lift and still build muscle. Yeah. The more advanced you are for your journey, you've been lifting for maybe 10 years or five years, whatever, and you get into running, you're not going to build as much muscle because the rate in which you build tissue now is a lot less than when you were, what? I have a question about that. Go on. And I need your honest opinion. Go on. I believe, <laughs> I believe I have built muscle in my legs. And uh, No, you will build muscle. I'm saying you won't build it as quick because it's, for example, take running out the equation. But the first year in the gym that you build muscle is way quicker than any other year just mm-hmm. because of multiple factors of the body's not used to it, so the different type of novelty with the stimulus. You also testosterone levels, especially for guys are a lot higher during those teenage years. You recover yeah. a lot quicker. I know, but you know, if we go back last year when I just started doing like half marathons, for example, yeah. dabbling in them, I think I had lost weight. I was probably at my smallest that I'd been in a while. Whereas now, I think because I'm understanding how to fuel myself, even though I'm running like 60K weeks with five weight sessions, Mm -hmm. I truly believe my glutes and hamstrings have grown. 
Yeah, they probably will. Like significantly, but I think it's the food as well. Yeah, food. And also what you've got to look at, which is a big important factor for a lot of people when they're running, is look at the way that you ran last the other year, even in comparison to now. Don't. So you're looking at, <laughs> no, 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 you're running form, intensity versus volume. Mm. So mm-hmm. what a lot of people get wrong is when they start running, and this is this goes out to, and I did this when I first started running, is running every single run that you do just hard all the time. PDs like, galore. Not, not doing any easy runs in today's, we're going to talk about like balancing, lifting and running. One of the big things that you need to get to grips with is easy runs because this is something that me and Lucy didn't do. And it's just going out and every time you run, just going hard. And is it any wonder why, especially for me, I hated running. I do every run as hard as I can. I'm just fucked after every run. I was like, yeah. I don't want to do that again. I was sucked shit. Yeah. Like I just wouldn't want to do it. So you've got to go out and run easy. And what running easy means is um, there's a method that we've started following. It's called the Math 180 method. Um, and that's a really, really easy way to formulate and use heart rate as a means to find out where you need to be running for, especially your zone two runs, which are the easy runs. So what you do is you take your age. So for example, me being fair, no, don't look at you don't have to tell me. You then minus um, your age from 180. So for me, that would be 150. And that's where then my heart rate would be for my easy runs. And that's where you would run at. And I think sometimes when you start doing that, you'll be like, Shh, this is so slow. Yeah. But if you do it, you'll you'll improve. And the way that you'll then improve that is by doing some interval runs alongside that. So the interval runs, all I really do now is I've been doing two or three runs a week. Um, one of those runs will be a long run on Sunday, like we both do. And the other ones will be intervals. The intervals are really where you start to grow and develop that aerobic base so that when you go back into doing the long runs, when you run at that lower heart rate of 150, the pace is quicker. You can run at a quicker pace at a lower heart rate, essentially. And that's how you develop. I know we're getting a bit of more detail with the running. I think people need that, though, because it's the heart rate questions are constantly yeah. asked. I think if you can get your head around that early, if you start running, and again, you don't need... Well, we will talk about data a little bit, but you don't need to track everything straight away. I think for if you're not into running that much at the moment, just going out and doing a bit of running at an easy pace is the best thing for you to do. You don't need to be breaking records. You don't need to be doing five, 10Ks. Go out and do 2K, 3K, whatever it may be. Walk a little bit of it. Run a little bit of it. Don't don't break yourself down trying to keep up and comparing yourself with other people. Just go out and enjoy it. Enjoy, especially when the weather starts to get better, moving around a little bit, being outside, getting some fresh air and and potentially don't worry about this so much. But as you maybe pick up and start enjoying a little bit more and you want to improve your running, then this is going to be really, really important because all that you will do if you don't implement these kind of things is if you just continuously go out and go hard or you just go jogging all the time, you're just training to be a jogger essentially. Yeah, the way you want your aerobic capacity to be really, really good at the end of the day. Me and Ben get questioned a lot. How is your heart rate so low when you were like, mine is significantly low because I have an overall lower resting heart rate. So with math 180, I do math 180. So mine is 25 is 155, but I'm actually running at a 140 heart rate just because I'm really trying to practice slowing down with my ultra. And then yesterday, myself and Ben went on like a quicker run. And I said to Ben, God, like my breathing feels so, like I feel really relaxed. So we were like sprinting for the 10K. We did like a 45 minute, 44 minute 10K. But I remember saying to Ben at the end, even though I've not done anything at pace in what, three months, it was still there and it was probably better. 
Yeah. I felt better. My aerobic capacity, bear in mind, I've done nothing at pace. It just shows how important those aerobic runs are. And yes, sometimes you will feel really, really slow, but that is okay. Like it, it genuinely doesn't matter because if that's the thing, that's going to improve your overall running consistency, make it easier, mean you can do more over time. As Ben said, start incorporating that into your running training. Yeah. It's made it way more enjoyable as well because it takes quite a lot of pressure off yeah. like every single run. I think the good thing of running as well is that there's not always that self-perceived perfectionism card that's pulled out and you're not as comparative with it because you're not just basing yourself on what you look. There's a lot more variables to run in. And mm. I definitely got stuck in that realm of in the fitness industry and just being about bodybuilding, just being about aesthetics that... I was constantly comparing myself to other people and I, ne I never compare my running times. I don't really look at that many pe other people's running times. When I first started running and still even now, I, I don't still know what is like a great time because I don't compare myself to that many other people. I just look at my own stuff and that's the thing from running that I've really, really enjoyed. And I mentioned this quote in another podcast and I think it's really relevant to this one is that your body is an um an instrument not an ornament i thought you were, gonna, you were gonna say then your body is a temple no what is that a quote as well it's just some bullshit no, meme okay. that someone's put on google yeah. probably <laughs> <laughs> but your body is an instrument not an ornament and what i remember that is like it's it's there to be moved to be used to utilize and not just be sat there as something to look at especially if you're not planning on doing a bodybuilding show like use your body explore mm. what it's capable of see where its limitations are challenge it push it get out of the comfort zone with it and i think that's something that very much running can as alongside lifting um it's something it can definitely do and it i think it opened up opens up a lot of doors yeah i think so too and it's why myself and ben last year we had created two new programs on the my coach school app which were the lift and run and the build and run and these these aren't programs to make you run your first marathon or ultra or no. anything like that. It's to get you literally starting at 1K and then ending on a 10K in yeah. an eight-week period, but doing it alongside weight training. And it's it was so crazy to us at the time how popular these programs were because yeah. people, a lot of people, and this isn't this isn't putting everyone in the same boat, but a lot of people just they didn't know how to start that process of actually getting out there and doing their first one, 2K, their first easy run, being told this is how you do intervals and, oh, this is when to add in your leg day and your upper body day. And we just found that people really, really started to enjoy the feeling of running. Mm -hmm. I don't know if anyone's experienced this before and I feel like quite a lot of people will have experienced it. It's run as high and it's different than anything you kind of ever feel when you finish a run, whatever it is. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't happen all the time, but it's this sense of like I th I see it as like a sense of like accomplishment it's like an emotional feeling that just makes you really really happy I think I think the thing with it is as well is like especially for example now when we go away whether it's somewhere in the UK or when we go abroad I will I was always one of those people and again I still will do it I'll, I'll look for locations with gyms and stuff because I enjoy doing that I, mm. I enjoy lifting but at the same time if I'm away for a couple of days I can quite easily put a pair of running shoes on and go running now as well yeah. like, and I'm not going to lose any muscle tissue in two or three days but in respect of physical exercise which I use just much as, as a mental health tool as well I can just go running I think the other thing to note is that there's probably going to be some runners who will listen to this and there's putting the shoe on the other foot strength training is very very good for runners to do mm -hmm. i think there's this misconception for 
people who run that's not really a transferable skill that can be moved over to running and it can potentially hinder it i mean obviously if you get too big it's, it's going to be more difficult again we spoke about before there's going to be some crossover and some parts where it's going to get too far to one way or the other but there was some studies that have shown that strength training programs enhance run economy mean the oxygen and energy use will increase by two to eight percent as well as time trial performance by two to five percent which could shave a minute or two off your 10k pace for races mm. that was published by the british journal of sports medicine I can um, I can fully see and it. Do you remember we love Nick Bear by the way? Nick yeah, Nick Bear put uh, a man. YouTube video and I think he was talking about how he stopped training legs for like a marathon prep in order to try and make his time quicker and he actually ran it slower. Yeah, that's insane. It, because, wasn't it quite considerably slow? Yeah, as well I can't remember the exact planned. time. It's because he he lacked that strength and power and muscular endurance through his through his legs. And this is the thing as well, because I have done a lot of research into it because my, I'm very much so a hybrid athlete where you completely mix both. It's kind of not one more than the other. And with running, it's very it's a very repetitive motion. It's, in, it's limited. It's one foot from the other you're using your core. You're twisting a little bit. But as most runners will say, you do need stability. You need stability. You need strength. You need a strong core. You need strong legs to power yourself forward. And, and the way to do that is weight training or S&C work, yeah. strength and conditioning work, running specific exercises. I feel everyone does it. Even when I did that Mo Farah training, he does like three S&C sessions a yeah. week. I mean, he runs a lot, but he he still does his S&C work. Yeah. there's and, and people have different goals, right? and that's where things are different because... It depends whether and where your more focus is. So even if you run and lift, there might be certain parts within your journey where, like for you, for example, right, right now. yeah, <laughs> I, right, I've got this, I've got this running goal where I'm, I'm, I'm training for this race, and now my running volume ramps up a little bit, and and your weight training may ramp down a little bit or might stay exactly the same or you might have other parts where like right i've done a race i've got no races that i want to do coming up or no no events sorry coming up so like now i'm gonna bring the volume right down my running and my training volume weight training may increase or you might be someone who's got a holiday coming up and they just want to build mus as much muscle as possible and running isn't as important so <clears throat> sorry you're just doing one or two per week and that's the beauty of it you can turn those dials up or down depending on what exactly you have got on for you specifically yeah, I think what's also important from what you said there is the recovery element is actually really important, but also what is probably just as important is to not actually compare yourself to other people yeah. because if you if you put me on like a, a piece of paper and said, okay, so she's doing five weight sessions, which three are lower body and she's doing four or five runs, like she's obviously going to not recover on a certain aspect However, I think because of my years of training and genetically, I have a really I have a really good recovery system. I can just recover really quite well. I believe the body though can recover from almost any stimulus that you you throw at it as, yeah. as long as you're not under recovering. Mm -hmm. And we spoke about this before, making sure that you are doing the things in between sessions, such as like Re any mobility <laughs> stuff, your rehab stuff your nutrition is obviously mm. an absolutely massive one because let's not beat around the bush 
if you're doing massive mile weeks all the time, there's going there's going to be a little bit of muscle loss because mm. naturally the body will break down protein as a means to fuel the body. It might only be I think it's like the numbers around ten percent, and it does depend on how much carbohydrates and glycogen you're actually taking in. Yeah. Depending on how much that protein, it will it will then use essentially to fuel the body, but. Was ten percent probably barely noticeable, which is why I think in my head I look I look bigger, I look more muscly, because I even if it like ten percent would seem so minimal, wouldn't it? Like that's you're not even going to be able to to see that. Yeah, I, I feel that's not. That's just understanding anabolic processes though as well, and, and how that works in the body. And we don't need to go too much into that, but essentially the good news in is is that if you make the right dietary choices, I you get in enough calories to maintain your current weight. Mm. If you hit a protein target of around one gram per pound of body weight, mm-hmm. then you're going to be able to maintain that. Like the goal for me is be the biggest fucking runner on the road. <laughs> that might sound like a bit of an ego thing to some people. No, but I enjoy, cool, I enjoy still being having muscle and mm. being big and running, and that's the goal for me. As simple as that. Like I want to be able to get, I've got the Mar- London Marathon in October. I want to be able to get a good time doing that. But I also want to be big. I, I also want to carry muscle. Like I enjoy, I enjoy that other venture side of things. And I enjoy having the mixture of both. So that's the that's the big one for me. And I think if you look at it on a similar level, is it um, decathletes? Is that the right word? Decathletes? Yeah. What's that? The ones who do all the events um, in the Olympics. Like they have got to have the physical presence and the athleticism and the aerobic fitness to do, is it 10 different events? Isn't that pentathlon? No, pentathlon's five, decathlon. Yeah. Decathlon. Yeah. So, Deca- Sorry, I thought you were and, saying and, the shot. And, and from that point of view, you've got to be able to do 100 meters yeah. and you've got to be able to do 1,500 meters yeah. and you've got to be able to throw, shop, like be strong. Shooting. Like, and and these people have those attributes and could still fucking walk through walls. Do you know what I mean? They're still jacked. Mm. So they're like an example of how you can still, like a very extreme athletic mm-hmm. example of how you can still do both if you want to do both at different levels and different perspectives. Yeah, it's just, it's it's also as well finding what works for you as a person because a lot of people would choose, so say if you had a double overlapping day where your strength training and your running, which is what I've got a couple of times a week now, I make sure that those runs in particular, that it isn't like a leg day and then a run, or it isn't intervals and upper body, they're a separate session. I do an easy aerobic run and upper body because I compare those two, to, I can put those two together and know I can recover, but I probably couldn't do what some people do is where they do like a intervals, harder session, fast paced session and a workout. Because I, I guess I understand in my own boundaries. You know, that's not ideal either. So no, you, it's don't, not. you don't want to be going balls to the wall in the gym and then also doing interval sessions one day. That's going to And that's where the having a program schedule is, is really important when you're balancing mm-hmm. both. And like even mine and yours is very different. But like <laughs> some people, some people look at me like, how do you do a run and one day and then train legs and then do a run the day after? Because that's what I do with my split at the moment. And it's because I'm just used to the training volume. I actually quite enjoy running after of train legs I don't mean the same day I mean the, the following day and also for people who listen to this you don't have to be doing double sessions by the way you don't need to run and train on the same day it's, it's actually probably more optimal to do and separate them up however I understand people who are working 9 to 5 some people listen to this are probably on the way to work right now and thinking fuck I'm not doing two sessions per day that's fucking ridiculous Ben mm. but you don't you don't have to like even tra- wait you could do like you could weight train three days a week and run once or twice a week that's fine separate the days up if you really need to you could do 
uh, a weight session and then do a, a, a quick run immediately after on the treadmill or outside, whatever you want to do. There's the thing that we need to balance again is optimal versus suboptimal. And everyone will turn straight away to what is the most optimal way for me to build muscle and be physically fit or to run. And that's not the same for every person. Optimal for you is going to be different. Optimal for someone else, depending on your lifestyle. You might have kids, family life, work responsibilities that are going on. You can't do two sessions a day. You can't yeah, even do the, the same session together because you've got to go to the gym in the morning. You've only got an hour. So just being wise about stuff. Maybe you just want to go for a run on a Saturday, enjoy it. Enjoy a long run or a short run on the weekend when you haven't got anything else on and you want to weight train through the week. Like mm-hmm. That's fine. Try and get a schedule which is going to accommodate for you and we put some programs together on the school and one of the programs i put together is getting your first from from naught k to 10k there's also a program in there about building up to like a half marathon and even inside those like you don't need to do them on the set specific days that i formulated to in that program like if you've got other work commitments or responsibilities with families you can go back into them you can move forward with them you can do it before i've scheduled it like that's fine that's the beauty of of having something that works around you to make sure that you can get the shit in that you want to do still perform and, and still do more essentially and push for your goals and there is a discount code for those people there she is who are listening to the podcast and want to join the my coach school app and it is forgotten <laughs> <laughs> there she is they're not right. so no is it not not so fit to if, by the way you're you, never getting paid to do that fucking advert or anything. Say it again for everybody. It's not so fit twenty. So not be a, so fit twenty yeah. is your discount code. There'll be a link in the description, the podcast notes. You can click on it. It'll tell you more about the uh, our coaching app and our members doing and some of the programs. And then if you use at checkout, not so fit twenty, you will get a nice little juicy discount as well. I also think as well with the running, it's very goal dependent. In terms of some people do have the goal of wanting to run a sub three-hour marathon. So their training will be significantly different. Some people might have a goal of reaching their first 5K. And this is where I think it's important not to compare to other people. Like, so important. Because even when I first started, God, I was comparing to every man and his dog. I was comparing myself to people who run ridiculous times for 10Ks and stuff like that. It's like, God, why can't I do that? Lucy Davis, that is not your goal. I'm not them. It's like if people at the moment try and compare to to some of the training that I'm doing, I say, don't, don't do that, unless you may be doing an ultra as well. I think that's the only thing that I would say to people is just be careful not to compare to other people because everyone has their individual goals. Yeah. Everyone has individual goals with weightlifting, for example, resistance training. You could be a power lifter, strength, whatever it is. You have your individual goals. You want a hip thrust, da, 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 da. you want a squat, da, 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 or whatever it is. You want to just go to the gym. And then people have the same with running goals. So it is important just to have that in your head yeah. and try and not get carried away when you are running or, God, their heart rate was so low or that was really fast or da, da, da. Don't do it. I mean, that's the thing that's easy, though. And we spoke about this yesterday because we sometimes get messages off the back of putting Strava. It's like, oh, Strava. I, Strava wankers. <laughs> there was a meme going around, wasn't there? If someone put a picture of Strava up, uh, it was obviously fake or photoshopped. And they'd put the screenshot of Strava up and it said, I am a dickhead. <laughs> on the red, or like, you know, yeah, on the no one, gives a, no one gives a fuck about your Strava. I do. I will put my Strava up no, every no, time I run. But the important thing <laughs> I was trying to get is that... You, 
we get messages about them sometimes. It's like me and you messing Kip Cody. You go, that's so fast. Yeah, it's fucking fast relative to him. <laughs> Imagine me messing him. Sorry, that's like, you're really, you're like so much quicker than me. <laughs> Give me some tips. No. The, other, the other thing to be aware of is how your body feels. <laughs> and Carl's got the fucking meme off there. Well, Did- actually, I don't know if you guys are aware of this. There's actually a big subculture of runners who are actually plotting out routes on strava that come up with funny things so this isn't photoshopped people are actually going on runs across like moors and across lands and doing all that type of stuff to try and make up images yeah so someone the other day proposed to their girlfriend using strava (gasps) so they wrote will you marry me using strava it was ben (laughs) could you imagine (laughs) oh yeah look marry me emily this one wow i would not know what to do put these on screen car it's fucking insane that is uh that's okay. So maybe it wasn't even Joe. Maybe someone had ran. Nah, I thought, I was, I thought it was on some like Barry Banter bus the page. That's why. Oh, okay. So they're not, they're not doing that. Wow, that's um, interesting though. I didn't realize you could. I mean, I can barely run a straight line, let alone make the map of the world. Yeah, but this is where again, it, <laughs> and you came into me this one was like, bam, my body's absolutely fucking ruined. On some of those days, it's important. Even if you've got a schedule, you need to be. A, this is where you build self awareness up as well, like recovery, how you're feeling, like when you're really run down, and it, it's important to sometimes listen to those days where your body's telling you it's like you might not be able to go in and train legs the next day because you've just done a run and it's hit you a bit harder than usual. Like I was doing a squat this morning and we did that ten k yesterday, a bit of more of a push on the pace. I couldn't squat what I'd usually squat because my legs are a bit more fatigued, and that's where again it's just useful to to kind of be more in tune with your body and know when to pull back sometimes. Yeah, it's definitely having that ability to realize that different things crop up. So we did a 30K Saturday, I did full body Sunday, and then I actually had an event with Gymshark and it was a max sled. So I did sled push for an hour and a half, which I would never would have usually done on a Monday, like sled for an hour and a half. Who, who literally does that? Then Tuesday I had upper body and a 10K. So this morning I said to Ben, God, I'm 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 feeling it today. My legs have been battered. So I had a glute workout on the app program for me. I dropped my weight by 50%. I spent most of it stretching, a lot of hip mobility. Instead of doing barbell hip thrusts, I just did dumbbell. So there's a few variations in there. I was like, I, I feel okay now. Like sat here now doing this podcast. My legs are all right. I feel okay because I listened to my body in terms of how it was feeling, probably knowing it wasn't going to recover if I went balls to the wall for for a glute session, it just wasn't going to happen. Yeah, hundred percent. And the the other thing to note as well is because I know you've done it before, and it's been also sometimes quite hard for you to digest. Is what have I done now? No, is looking at other people's running techniques and comparing yourself because, like, when I first started running, I met some someone copied a comment on an Instagram post when I first started. I was like, "Why are you running like a T Rex?" Because I sometimes run. Because I'm trying, I'm obviously a bit bigger up top. I'm trying to relax my wrists a little bit because I'm trying to keep relaxed. Like, and sometimes my arms just flop around a little bit. Like <laughs> <laughs> you and, yeah. and your technique is a bit more tense. I'm, so if you ever look at me and Lucy potentially running down the road, you're like, who, who are is these? That, is that fucking <laughs> Robocop and Rex off Toy Story? That's me and Lucy when we go running. But like everyone yeah. has different. Look at Paula it's, Radcliffe. Yeah. She looked like a bobbing dog when she was running, but she's one of the fastest people alive. And obviously, if you, as long as you're running safe, and you're comfortable. Yeah, then, safe and efficient. What I'd say is don't worry about it too much. I think it's the same with training sometimes. Like you can critique and critique and critique squat form, for example. As long as it's safe, as long as you can feel it, as long as you're progressing. Like sometimes that's all that matters. I sometimes feel if we get too 
into stuff. We criticize too much. We start to worry about things and we start to overanalyze things. And if sometimes it even throws your form off. Well, that's the thing with running, isn't it? Because I went through this period, I actually had quite a few messages off people where they were really self-conscious about actually going for a run because of their running technique. And I just yeah. said, oh my, I run, I'm very robotic when I run. Do I give a flying fuck? No, because I'm actually really efficient. Yeah. Like my running technique overall is pretty fast and efficient and aerobically it's good. I'm actually, I am getting my running, running gait. Is that what yeah. it's called? I'm getting my running gait tested just for a YouTube video, which is super cool. But it's kind of just coming to terms with the fact like it doesn't, as Ben said, doesn't actually matter if your technique is a little bit different. Like, who are you comparing yourself to? Are you comparing yourself to a pro runner? Probably don't do that because uh, you just, you're, the, like, you just, uh, yeah, it's just a lot, isn't it? I think the thing that's quite nice about the running community is that they're it's very accepted and they're very supportive. Like, if you go on yeah. Strava, you get loads of support <laughs> from other people. It's great. And there's no need to feel judged or criticized when you go out for a run like you should go off I always think you're well, I love people when I see people running by the way yeah I, I used to honk them sometimes but now I don't because I think I don't want to yeah, they might, just, they're don't just like, shit themselves no. but I always like try and wave or like go on son go yeah. on son see someone running yeah makes my fucking day sometimes and that's the nice thing is most people will be rooting for you mm. so don't worry about what you look like don't worry about your wearing don't worry about your running form just just go out and enjoy it yeah running past someone is probably my favorite thing in the world because there's this like telepathic connection when you run past another runner you're like you're all right without saying anything you just nod your head or smile you morning see, hi you sometimes sometimes don't know what to do though because you get that run this is something that, that was funny that we went running with grant, grant and steffi he taught me something about that indicator oh i've started doing that i think you I'm did doing it wrong, it wrong. The other day, though. so grant was like when you go running stick your right arm like you're indicating to move somewhere it's like you go like you're, going, you're going right so i'm gonna go that way and you go that way you point yeah i, see, I seen you do it someone the other day so instead of going like that moving right you're going like i saw the guy go isn't yeah. like something was there <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> like he's like that, looking at something so are you supposed to do your full hand yeah so say if i was coming to another runner and yeah. he's uh, we're, we're, me and him are, no one's moved yeah you're fucking playing chicken. and i do this to the right yeah i move to the right and yeah. run run on his right hand side yes. yeah i didn't do it last time i just pointed you pointed him. no you pointed to the side he's probably like thinking he's thought you were pointing what so he's like what's he what's he doing, doing? Yeah. yeah but i always i always get the right hand oh yeah i do it's just because i used to say hello nice to people community. sometimes and they were absolutely gas running they didn't want to say anything yeah no but it's nice to just share that even though it's like i've had some runs where i'm absolutely knackered and it's like <laughs> when you run past and you try and smile oh at that, a runner and it's like oh my god i don't ever spoke about this in a podcast the other week <laughs> i think i was speaking to one grant i think i spoke to cal about it as well oh we need to give grant a shout out good giving know, grant all the shout outs here, aren't we? Like, go on i know yeah um i was on a run down the canal the other week i think i spoke about this in the podcast the other week and this is important talking about that run, running community i was running past some guy like coming from behind him and i wouldn't say he was struggling he was just jogging but when i went past i just tapped on the back and put a thumbs up like that because i thought he was struggling a little bit Aww. and he must have followed me on instagram or previously followed me on instagram and he dm'd me just saying hi mate um it's blah blah blah, blah. i'm really inspired by your stuff and just want to let you know by just running past and give me a thumbs up <sighs> i actually got uh all the way home because i was gonna gonna give up a bit further and start walking but I continued and jogged all the way home and got my got Aww. my run finished 
That's amazing. They brought a little tear to my eye there. That's, yeah. No, that's really amazing. Do you know what other things... That's what I mean, though. Sometimes just saying hello to people or just have a smiley face with some people can just change someone's day if they're having... Even if it's not a tough time in life, just a tough time in the run. Like, it's just nice seeing other people with a smile on their face. It's It's infectious. Do you know the one thing that I'm really not good with when I run and me and Steph are the same? What? We spoke, me and Steph spoke about this significantly when we were running dogs. Yeah. Purely because, I mean, I'm scared of dogs, so I might be biased and so is Steph. However, when, so this is really interesting. I have spoke about it quite a lot on Instagram. If you are running and an owner has their dog and the owner knows maybe their dog's going to try and jump at the runner, they should, I think, point out that they should pull their dog back because the amount of times we've had it where I've nearly tripped up because of dogs is ridiculous. And I think out of respect to the runner, they should move their dog. Cal, you've got a dog. I do. I have a very large dog and I agree totally. If a dog's going to be anywhere, I, I think not even runners, if you know your dog's going to have a go at someone who's potentially going to be quite stressed out by having a even a small dog yeah. getting in their way. If it's a bike, if it's a road, anything like that, just pull them back. Yeah. Keep them on the lead. It's tougher if you're running somewhere where dogs are off the lead. I think then it's a bit more yeah. of a free-for-all. And again, an owner shouldn't let the dog off the lead if they know it's going to start running at people and potentially hurting them because you don't know what people's experiences are with dogs because you're not maybe the most comfortable around most dogs, well, on some dogs. Yeah. But yeah, I think it, it, it depends on the owner. But yeah generally keep it back i think the thing that's harder for where we live is we run along the canal which is literally about two meters wide so there's not much room for you and someone else yeah and that was just but a I know, general i know point, what you mean though. i've done it before where i'm just like Faff. yeah i would no, yeah. and it's, it's sometimes been the same person i'm like next time i'm gonna fucking volley your dog <laughs> in the canal i won't but i say it as well though because steph actually got chased by a dog on her run the other day and she was absolutely terrified she got she got chased by a rottweiler really that's yeah heavy her, her just telling me that story, I was like, oh my goodness. But yeah, okay. I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, no, it's, a val- <laughs> it's a valid point. Just quickly, guys, I don't know if you've seen this. Um, Strava released their global heat map of everywhere that everyone's done their runs. Um, so you can kind of see like a nice map of the world. Um, but I don't know if you guys can kind of think of what potentially there might be some issues with when you release every runner in the world's data out into the internet like that basically um because western people use it more than say other people yeah what it started to do was outlining all of the military bases <gasps> in iraq afghanistan in uh yeah anywhere where there's an american western presence it gave a very detailed map of exactly where the uh, military bases were how was it doing that there so basically they released everyone's data onto a map and you yeah. could just scroll around the map and just look through the desert in Iraq and Afghanistan, wherever, and you just see literally the exact roads where the military base Is that were. because people from the army base were using Strava? Yep, because oh, the Western wow. people were just like going on their daily runs and where they're going to naturally run, they can't run in enemy territory, they just run around the base and they oh, literally lit God. it up. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So, so what's what's been been done so it was lit up for a few weeks um i think you can see compromised secret u.s military bases that were not even common knowledge to people in the military they were like secret like highly classified places were just exposed so strava got rid of them and uh in a lot of countries where the u.s were operating they just blocked the usage for a few weeks and now uh yeah you can't see them oh imagine you that dude by the way like there'd been some undercover thing and they were trying to keep things from being and he just popped up his straw. And it's just like, I just have fucking 10k P- yeah, PB. He like, his yeah, you just completely fucked us in the arse, mate. Imagine wow, that. that's really 
Strava. Strava. Yeah, but you didn't have, they weren't to know that way. They no, 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 no. Of course not. Wow, it was interesting there. Fun fact. Yeah. Fun facts, eh? Fun fact or just facts? It's that not was really, just it's a not fact. fun fact, is it? It's a terrible no, fact. No, no. <laughs> but um, if we're looking at, again, back to strength training and running, how, how would you kind of, right, okay, someone's scared of running because they don't want to lose muscle tissue, they don't want to lose the strength gains. What is a means for them to like look at on a week-to-week basis if they're losing muscle strength? I think the first thing to look at is actually your nutrition in terms of how much you're fueling yourself. So how, I'm, I'm thinking of metrics, like how does someone physically track if they're losing muscle strength? Weight, weighing yourself. But people can lose body fat if they start running. Progress images. Yeah, take your measurements. Me- like general measurements, yeah. like you want to actually like a quad and a glute measurement. They're realistically the only things you could well, possibly do. Well, the other thing I'm thinking is if you're doing so much running or you're under recovering or you're not, hitting dietary requirements. There are potential reasons of why your PBs might be dropping or why your strengths plateaued or why you're even regressing. Um, So take nudes, test your strength every now and again, take some of the metrics because there are ways that you can track whilst you're in and your muscle building because I know that your mind plays, your mind plays mind games on you sometimes and you think that I'm losing muscle when you're really not because one of the things that does happen when you run, especially post-running, is your glycogen stores will be decreased. So sometimes, like uh, a couple of hours after running, you might feel a bit flat. You might f- even feel a little bit stringy. You're like, I need to get my pump vest back on. You, you will feel like that sometimes because you depleted never glycogen. I've put my pump vest back on. <laughs> your, pump, your pump vest. I have a pump vest. What the fuck is a pump vest? Pump vest is like those thinnest type of vests that you wear and boost your ego a little bit because everyone, every guy has a top or a t-shirt or a vest that makes them look a little bit bigger in the gym. And every time it's in the wash basket, it's like, for fuck's sake, I've got to put a, a different top on because my pump vest's in the wash. I don't have a pump vest. Well, I have a fucking pump vest. Do you know one, thing, one hilarious thing I did the other week though with Carl and I what? just thought this was really funny. We were filming just like an upper body, me looking like women and muscly, fucking yeah. sick vibes. I was like, let me just do a few press-ups. <laughs> Let me just do press ups to get my pump on. I've never in my life done that. I used that all the time. But you you know? used to do it. I, I watched you do it. I was like, this didn't make no. a scrap of difference. I used to do it on lads holidays. So this is this is so shit, by this the way. Well, I'm going to tell you anyway, poor. because it was a different time in my life. So this is one of those times when I used to be going lads holidays. And when you were just, like 18. And be gayed up to the gills as well. 11 years ago. Yeah. So be like smashing in the Anavar. Oh my days. We'd go to Malia. And then like the first days we'd get there. <laughs> Just do press ups. No way. And it was like the first day before we were going out. So I'd have like my short shorts on, like short as well. It, minimal. Like your willies min- really out. Yeah. Minimal yeah. clothing was the goal. Like show off the rig. And we'd, there'd be four, there was four of us in the room in Malia. And all four of us would be in this tiny little shit hole of a room, all getting pumped up to death, like press ups, press ups, as many as we can before we go out. And then baby oil. Oh, that's a bit of baby oil on lavish oil. It was it was fucking weird. So we'd be in a tiny little room, all four lads, geared up to the gills, pumped up to death, and then baby oil and walk out. And we thought we were the absolute dogs bollocks. Do you know what? I'm really happy I met you eight years later. (laughs) After you went through that phase, because we would categorically not be together if you were pumping up with baby oil in your room right now. Yeah, that was a different time of life. That was a different, different. But everyone else was the four level. Who were these wankers? Yeah, maybe not at the time though, because maybe you're going back eleven years. Well, to to be fair, the 
there was there wasn't that many females who were turned off by her. But yeah. that's another story. Um <laughs> no, but if I would have seen myself then I would have thought what a wanker. But you go you do shit at you different stages of your life and you do right. you do different stuff. Yeah, we'll just let that one slide. I've lost top I've completely gone off top of the I've still got my baby oil in the in the in the cover too far. But yeah, the the um we were on we were talking about the pump vest, so the other thing you are gonna you are gonna deplete muscle glycogen a little bit, so you will lose the pump like that that day or the day after. The other big factor though, on top of that, which is gonna help with that is your recovery. So we've been speaking about um running being very impactive. Mm-hmm. So again, bear that in mind for your rehab the next day, the type of training you're doing the next day and the recoverable volume that you're able to do. Should I give some recovery tips? Go on. Recovery tips in terms of what I've actually found really helpful just because I'm doing so much volume is heat. So hot baths, hot showers, heaty packs, things like that. I use CBD oil, like a rub as well. I don't know if that's just because I'm like more injured in my hip that, that I do use it. But I found that ice baths don't work for it. Like the cold doesn't actually help me recover. It's the heat that makes me feel more relaxed. Like how many baths have I been having? Well, there's there a lot of studies which I've been talking about um the sort of recoverability and the impacts of ice baths and they're not actually that great for recovery you mm. best you best just sit on a spin bike for like five or ten minutes just for, for moving waste product and blood volume rather than getting it in an ice bath i mean don't get me wrong there is a lot of psychological benefits to getting an ice bath it's, it's great for challenging yourself it's great for a different feeling but in respect to physiological recovery the benefits of it are actually very acute. Yeah, no, I think so too. And then just obviously your standard mobility of the joints, looking after yourself, rolling, it does help alleviate some of the pain. And just having that flexibility, like actually improving your mobility will help you feel better. I think as well, and I know it's not in everyone's budget, it's even if you do it once a month for every two months, go and see a physio. Mm. We get a lot of or questions. A sports massage. Yeah. Yeah. We get a lot of questions about like, oh, I've got this problem with my knee on squatting. I've got this problem with my hamstring when I'm running. I don't fuck. As nice as it can be, I don't fucking know. Like, I don't yeah. know what the extent of your injury is. I don't know how it's caused. I can't see you. And even if it's good, I'm not a not physio. Going, it's like when you go and get your, your car emoted once a year. Just go and get your body looked at every now and again. Mm. You get one body. We're not here for a long amount of time. Try and look after it. Go and see a physio. It'll be massively helpful. Even if there's nothing wrong with you at the time, just getting some feedback. Yeah. Is well, great. If, if you're poorly, if you're sick, you've got a bug, you go and see a GP, you go and see a doctor. If there's something wrong physically with your body, your joints, your aches, your pains, you think you're injured, go and see a physio. It is the same, it is the same principle. Like, I do understand it, it can be more financial. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, me and Ben can't ever, ever comment on people's injuries. And if you have a personal trainer who is commenting on your injuries, Sack them. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that I used, I think we used for the first time this week, we did a 30k run on Saturday. Yeah. I know you've used them before. It was the first time I'd used the My Protein Gels. The, what are you like, smiling? Just because they make me need, need a poo. Well, okay. That was, that was going to be one of my tips, but you've jumped in already. It, one of the big tips if you're a new runner, go for a poo pre-run. Because if go you need a poo whilst you're running, it is... <laughs> is not a comfortable at all is it is it it's like <laughs> it's like a bobbing so dog in the sand do you, do you know what i mean by that no so if you imagine a bobbing dog in the sand that puts his head in and out of the sand or like turtle heading <laughs> i thought it was called turtle heading <laughs> called when a... you're literally no but all seriousness aside yeah. 
All seriousness aside, you want to get serious now, you mean? Get serious. I, every run I go on, even if I've pooed before, I'm going to need it. And it is just the worst. It is the worst thing because then you start running and you pick up this like waddle, don't you? Because you try and keep your legs together. So yeah. you, you're together. Because what do you do if you shit yourself whilst you're running? Well, what we, do you do? Do you stop? Sometimes if you don't go for a big enough one, like I went for one the other day. <laughs> Sorry, we're getting off topic here. Well, no, we're not. We're very on topic. No, very no, important this, this is a really it? important question. Yeah. I always so ask. My usual regime pre-run is I get up. If I'm doing a run in the morning, because I run faster as well, by the way, just because I'm I'm not a fan of having loads of food Depending on my on stomach. Distance. Even still, like mm-hmm. I won't really, I don't really eat before a run. I just don't like it on my stomach. My digestive system doesn't doesn't hack it. I will have a coffee, wait an hour, try and drop the kids off at school. That means go for a poo. Yes, and then what we usually do is because I know we'll probably need another one somewhere. We are, we we don't even call it Tesco anymore. We call it Shitco because we always go there for yeah, a for a poo halfway round, but. Back on top of the gels, I use the gel for the first time. They they are good. I I find they're fine with my digestive system. Some people don't agree with, should should do try it. And the the gels on a thing where you will need them if you go for like a five or ten k. I mean, everyone's gonna be different, but I took it around seventeen k the other day, and it's not something which you're gonna take. It's not something you're gonna take and be like speed or pre workout where you're gonna be buzzing off it. I think it's more so to stop you from crashing into a hole because it obviously helps just restore glycogen because it's pure carbohydrate it's 100 mm-hmm. calories 25 grams of carbs so that was a fair try i mean you can try them my protein sell them they're pretty taste okay it tastes, tastes quite nice to be yeah, fair they taste and fine. they're quite cost effective as well but what is really interesting every ultra runner i spoke to said gels are your last resort on an ultra because you're supposed to eat proper food mm-hmm. if you're running that amount of distance every person yeah, i spoke I to said don't don't go off a gel because they're not actually satisfying. Yeah. If yeah, you're running 100% for X agree. amount, which is why I had a Jaffa cake, didn't I? Yeah. Well, that's why you're, you're different though because for the majority of people listening, I'm not going to be doing ultras. No. But for you, it's important. But for me, I'll probably carry a gel because when I do oh, yeah, the marathon, I'm not going to be stopping to eat. So they're, they're quite ideal for me, really. Mm-hmm. I was always curious to whether they'd have caffeine in, but they didn't. No, it's 25 grams of carbs, isn't it? Because they are, that is in, that's an interesting thing as well. Like, people often ask me oh, do you use pre-workout before you go for a run and i i, I no. don't do you, do you you're not any... supposed to are you not but i have a coffee so i'm getting a bit of caffeine from that it's true the, the other thing i'll sometimes use I, but i don't really take it before running is i take the my protein nootropics which is just for focus and the other thing to consider i don't want to put people off i don't know if cal you can pull it up there was um oh this woman who who actually died no it's a guy wasn't it no, I'm thinking about something else. Oh. There's this woman who died doing a marathon from taking Jack 3D. Oh. And I think that was actually when Jack 3D got banned. But the thing that you've got to consider is that Jack 3D had a shitload of caffeine in and a load of other ingredients as well. And she took Jack 3D before she went and did a marathon. And I, did, you remember, did you ever take Jack 3D? No. Nope. Jesus Christ. It was like taking crack cocaine and speed in one go is it still available to buy now or is it so there was a formulation in america which contained um dimethyl or dimethyl amylamine dimethyl amylamine which is essentially uh an amphetamine which is similar to meth wow Um, yeah there's an ingredient they've actually reformulated it there's a there's a there's um there's an ingredient that's still legal in america but it's not legal in the UK and it's still in all the pre-workout in America, but for every UK formulation, it's banned. And I think it's it's that one that's in that. It's in a lot of the fat burners, like yeah, shreddable. Yeah. 
What's that? DMAA. Yeah, yeah. DMAA. Yeah, DMAA. And she took that basically and, and died because Jack 3D craze, all those old school real bro pre-workouts, which you literally just used to blow your brains out. Um, yeah, don't. that's why I'm not a fan of pre-workouts, but you were also referencing something which we spoke about caffeine yesterday because there's some guy that took an overdose of pre-workout, wasn't there? Well, it was a caffeine powder. Was it caffeine powder, was, was it? Yeah, it was the measurements on the scale. Yeah, so he ended up taking the equivalent of 400 cups of coffee. 400 cups of coffee? Accidentally, yeah. So the same caffeine dose hit his system as 400 cups of coffee or 400 espressos. Was that from pre-workout? Yeah, so he took he got um, caffeine powder uh, online somewhere and accidentally measured out what he thought was uh, four servings and ended up being uh, four, did, 100. Did servings. he do that though because he was reading the wrong metric on the scale? I think it was the wrong scale. So he was, yeah, he was expecting it to be milligrams and he ended up using grams. Uh, that That's also... I I like the new tropic one from my protein. I love taking that, like the focus one. But I measure it in terms of the scoops. I've never yeah. I've never in my life weighed out a, a pre workout on a scale. The, I always go off the back of the packet with the scoop. I think there there might oh, still be some. It's very old school where they didn't yeah. put the scoop in. So I think that's really sad. That's also, so some sad. people might just not want to be more want to be more accurate with it. I know some people yeah. measure way out. Yeah, I mean, yeah. some people like being mega mega anal about stuff. Yeah. That's really sad, though. That's oh yeah, awful. fucking I fucking horrible. It. Like that's um, it's actually quite hard to overdose yourself, you know, on caffeine. It's it's actually, I can't remember what the exact stat is. I don't know whether you need like close to three grams of caffeine to to overdose. I don't know what the, there's a lethal dose of caffeine. I don't I don't know if you can pull it up, Carl. Um, I'm is that sure is that according to? It's a medical um lethal dose yeah. of caffeine. I don't know if it was three grams. Because for, for most adult males, the average daily consumption or recommended daily consumption of caffeine, I think, is 400 milligrams. Yeah. But it's the everything's dependent on age, weight, height, sex. Like my daily intake of caffeine and tolerance after taking pre-workouts, monster, training a lot, and my age is going to be very different to Mrs. Miggins who lives down the road, who's mm. 70 years old, whose tolerance is very, very little to caffeine. Mm. Yeah, so according to the FDA in America, the toxic effects like seizures can be observed with rapid consumption within an hour of 1,200 milligrams, um, which is the equivalent of, I think, 15 cups of coffee or 15 shots of espresso. But the problem with this PT is that he took uh, anhydrous caffeine powder, which is not like, so getting caffeine from a liquid source, you need to drink an absolute shitload if you want to get a big kick. Um, but the the powder is just literally just the chemically isolated pure caffeine. Um, and that's why when you, you mess up and you accidentally take a tablespoon or a teaspoon or when you're supposed to take literal milligrams of it, then you can end up getting in some real, yeah, real problems. Carl, you just Google how much caffeine is in a pro plus. A single pro plus, plus tablet. So this is really interesting. Uh, 50 milligrams. Okay. So 50 milligrams of caffeine in a pro plus tablet. Before we swam for certain competitions, certain races, we were told to take up to 10 pro plus over an hour 10. period. Yeah. So how many milligrams of caffeine is 500. that? No, how much is in it? 50? Okay, yeah, 500. In one, in one sitting. For how old were you? 15. That's fucking... Yeah. I mean, it's, That's not, really it's not like bad. a lethal dose, but it's not great given a... But then, then, then sprint and then get in the pool and sprint. Yeah. Like that's, whew, that's just not, that was, so, I look back now, I'm like, that is so dangerous. I, I personally think that's ridiculous that we used to do that. Do you know what? I think sometimes a bit, 
and you do it sometimes as well, but I don't think you do loads of it. Do you know what? Do you know when you go? I tell you, all, sorry, we're getting called to Google loads of stuff today. Um, caffeine in what's that drink that you always have on night out? Espresso martini. Oh, espresso martini. How much caffeine's in that? Because it's one shot of espresso. When we went out the other night, you and Steffi had a couple of them. I had one. No, I only had one. Sometimes you've been out before and you've had a couple of them. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's and for espresso. people who literally go out and just drink them, that's like a fucking combination to blow your cake off in it. Yeah, yeah. sixty-four milligrams. Do you guys know the history of the espresso martini? Nah. Kate Moss went into a probably the most famous underground cocktail club in London, um, and went in and said that she was looking for a drink that would wake her up and fuck her up. Oh, wake up and fuck her up. Yeah, okay, sixty-four milligrams. I mean, it's 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 the time you're having it though. I make sure yeah, now I, I try and not have more than one or two because then you're not you're not going to sleep. Well, caffeine has a half life, I think, of like eight hours. Six, yeah. Six hours, six to eight hours. So, if even if you have like a a coffee at three o'clock in the afternoon, that caffeine's still gonna have a half life, like half the amount o'clock. later yeah. on. So, if you have a cup of bit large cup of coffee, it's got two hundred milligrams of caffeine, and even six to eight hours hours later, there's still going to be a hundred milligrams of caffeine in your system. Mm-hmm. That's why I always think it's mad how I used to go to the gym and slam a pre-workout in like seven eight o'clock before going training yeah well some people do now i couldn't don't sleep no mad. i couldn't i personally can't do pre-workout at all or coffee past two three o'clock yeah but yeah pre- pre-workout before running i wouldn't <laughs> there you go there's that spiel boom yeah, i wouldn't really recommend but mm. yeah i think hope that's that's helped squash some of the myths of like you going running and lifting doesn't melt muscle like you're not gonna and for, for the average person as well, who's going doing a couple couple of kilometers, like it's not going to do anything. If anything, it's going to aid it. It's going to help your endurance, going to help muscular endurance. So I wouldn't be really too too worried about it. Yeah, I think as well, just a really important thing from my personal perspective is keep your calories up. Yeah, big thing's food. Because, you know, fuel your body. If you do more runs, you're expending more energy. If you want to do keep that muscle, maintain that muscle, just eat a bit more, mm-hmm. up your protein and all will be hunky-dory. 100%. So from this episode, just to conclude, we will leave the couple links in the description. One is going to be the MCS 10 waiting list. If you want to come to that, uh, we haven't looked the dating for it yet, but it's going to be Manchester. Mm-hmm. We had tons of people came down last time. Mm-hmm. We had a marquee up. There's going to be food. There's going to be a, it's going to be a good yeah, time. A lot of brands you can have a beer, some cool. champagne after run. My protein were there. We had the physio to give people some rub downs. Hopefully we'll have a barbecue there. We're even hoping to have a band on this time as yeah. well. You can have, actually have a look at the video. That's on the link. You'll see the whole event and what it was like. Yeah. Tons of people came on their own. Some people came together. Some people just came to spectate and oh, yeah, have a couple can, of selfies don't and stuff. Have you don't have to run. run. Yeah. It's, just a bit, it's just a good time with some good people and some good vibes, essentially. Yeah, definitely. And... As always, if you did like the podcast and you want to subscribe to the YouTube channel, you can absolutely do that and leave a review. So leaving a review is a little bit different. You have to go to the search bar on Apple Podcasts, type in the Not So Fit Couple and we should pop up and then you can leave a cheeky little five star. Mm -hmm. Five star review. Lovely Coro. If you want to grab any of the Coro bites, you can use Not So Fit 5. I'll leave the code. And the link in the description on YouTube channels or Apple and stuff. Also on that note, apologies. We're still trying to get the Apple episode up of episode one. Um, we will no try idea get, what happened. We'll try and get up at some point. It just seems to be a bit of a cock up with an Apple podcast. So we're still trying to get that in. But yeah, apart from that, hope everyone enjoyed this episode. Yeah, have a great day or evening. Oh. Also, if anyone's got interest in running 
at any level, we've got some unbelievable guests coming up. We'll be able to give oh more my insight God, into yeah. the topic. Unbelievable yeah, guests. Yeah, they will be, they're so educated on the topic. The best in the world. They're experienced. Yes. Yes, they are. And we will catch you in next week's episode. Bye, guys. Bye.